This message is from Living Rock Church, and we trust you'll be really equipped, envisioned, and encouraged as you listen today. Jesus is wonderful, isn't he? Um, I want to uh, just give you a little bit of background about myself. I'm a little older than uh, I was last time I was here, which was 2008. Uh, That was the time that I was set in prophetically, and it was the same time that Rich was set in as a pastor here. I think it was 2008, right? So this is the second time I've been here. But it's terrific to be with you. Uh, My wife sends her greetings. Uh, She's been praying for me, so praying for you as well, which might be more important. (laughs) The people are going to hear me speak. She's praying for you. (laughs) Um, uh, We've been married for uh, almost 25 years now. We have two children, James, who's 21, married, and my daughter, Keegan, who we get to pick up next weekend from college. She's 20. And it's been a journey. Uh, My first career um, was not ministry. It was radio broadcasting. That's what I went through school for. I wanted to be a DJ on the radio, and I was. I had my own morning show at 20 years old. And I often think now, what on earth did I have to say to anyone at 20? (laughs) You know, what? Anyway, I did okay until the radio station shut down for some reason. But I later discovered the real reason why God had me in radio, and that was because there was a Christian man there who was my boss who led me to Christ. And uh, not long after uh, he led me to Christ, I felt an immediate call to ministry. And then the questions began of, Lord, if you called me to ministry, why didn't you put me on the normal track? You know, everybody who's in ministry has gone to Bible college has a certificate, but why are you calling me at this seemingly inappropriate time? What I found was God was giving me an education in being able to communicate with people that others probably don't get the opportunity to, to have. So our, our, our big Bible school that you and I are involved in is called the Bible School of Life. And I complained a lot in that Bible school Lord, why this, why now, why not now, why this, and all those types of things. But as I've grown in God, and this is what I want to encourage you with tonight, just from a life perspective, is embrace all of your life. Let God use all of your life. Just because you're not in an official place of ministry does not mean that God's not preparing you for something. If you are in Christ, I guarantee you he's already preparing you for something. And we can say, well, this isn't the, the, the environment I thought I would get prepared in, but it's probably the one you need. <clears throat> if we can't include the will of God in every area of our life, then that means there's giant gaps we've, when we've been very inactive. And I just don't believe that's true. All things work together for the good. To those who love God and are called according to his purpose, that's all things. 
every, and I don't, it's not just the good things. It's not just where you got the gold star. It's where you failed and God picked you back up. All of it works together for the good. Amen. So I just want to encourage you to embrace your life where you are right now. Don't spend large portions of your life waiting till this time that you're finally going to arrive. Because if there is ever an arrival time, you're going to be late for arrival if you haven't been embracing the work of God in your life now. Understands that makes sense. Please don't struggle like I struggled waiting for this day of arrival. The day you arrived was the day you were born again. (laughs) That's the day of arrival. And then from there on in, it's working out the purpose of God that he has uniquely for your life. You're not like anyone else exactly, and that's on purpose. Uh, The most effect that you are going to have for Christ in your generation and in your time is when you become comfortable in your own self in the right way. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not saying, well, these are ju- I'm just never going to change these character issues that are in my life or these things that are obviously not Christ-like that the Lord needs to work on. I'm just going to leave those alone because I'm just going to be myself. We're not talking about that. We're talking about you being you in Christ. And it's unique. Um, even among prophets, there's a uniqueness. Even among apostolic ministries, there's a uniqueness. Pastoral ministries... All the ministries that God has put in the body, they're unique, and they're unique for purpose. And I just want to encourage you tonight, please look at where you are right now in life and say, Lord, I'm in school. <laughs> this is the school you have me in, and I'm here to learn. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow from my current experience. I'm not going to just look to jettison my current environment for something that I perceive would be a better environment for me to grow in. No, God's planted you for a reason where you are right now. He's got a lesson for you to learn. He's got something for you to lay hold of. Whatever it is, praise God. The kingdom of God is so organic. It'll work anywhere it's planted. And I just want to encourage you to accept it. Settle it. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to delay. I'm not, I'm not going to excuse myself out of my current situation. I'm not going to grow bitter. I'm not going to grow uh, a victim's mentality and say only if these same things that happened to someone else who I think is successful would have happened to me, then I would have had success. No, that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in you. It's not just around you. It's not just this perfect environment. It's the workings of Jesus on the inside of you. And the sooner you can embrace that, the sooner you're going to give birth to explosive growth. Praise God. So, I had to uh, go through a lot of that in my life. Um, Prophetic people are generally more sensitive than other people. And uh, which is their greatest asset and usually their greatest weakness. We get offended over things that, or have the opportunity to get offended, I should say, probably more than people who aren't as sensitive as we are. Yet it's our sensitivity that God wants to use to equip the saints. Prophetic people hear things that not just everybody hears, just because we're more sensitive. Now, we're all called to be prophetic, the whole, the whole entire church. Do you know, I don't actually believe you can be a Christian if you're not prophetic. Here's what I mean. It, it, is, it is a confession of the Lord Jesus Christ based on revelation, which is the essence of the prophetic. I spoke something God told me. 
The first time I did that was the day I was born again. It's the same for every Christian. So if you're a Christian, you've already operated in the prophetic. We believe in the heart, the Lord Jesus, and we're saved through our confession. Isn't that true? And, and, and that's really what prophetic ministry is, is having an ear to what heaven is saying and then finding the right form of communication to get that message across. So, uh, God is good and he's bigger. I just know I'm speaking to a couple of people here specifically. God is bigger than your current circumstance right now. And you just need to let the defensiveness go of trying to keep your environment out and just embrace who you are in Christ right now because he wants to grow you up. But the more you fight against your current environment is actually going to keep you from growing the way that God wants you to. I just believe that's a word for somebody. And it's a, it's a quick exchange. It's not a big deal. It's just acknowledging it, Lord. Actually, I've been fighting the process you have me in. And tonight I'm making the decision not to do that anymore. I'm going to embrace it. Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name, just for whoever that is, you just turn the lights on for them and let them understand. And Father, let them embrace your kingdom right where they are, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's, um, let's turn to some scriptures for a few moments here. <clears throat> I'm speaking a little bit from our context in North America when I'm talking about prophetic ministry and it's, it's real explosion in North America. I think of probably any ministry that I can think of right now, prophetic ministry and people's interpretation of prophetic ministry um, is exploding. Everybody wants to go to a prophet's conference. Everybody wants to go and get a word from God. And while on one hand, I'm cheering on the sidelines saying, yes, this is great because we want to gather around the word of God and we want people to be equipped. At the same time, I'm thinking I don't want it to become an entertainment industry where people come to see the show. Prophetic ministry is not about the show. It's about equipping people and orienting them through the word where they are in the purpose of God both personally and corporately. And uh, God, I thank God that, like I said earlier, there's varying uh, personalities involved in that. My personality may not be the same as someone else's personality. Personality doesn't uh, determine the quality of prophetic gift. It's, it's insight into the purpose of God. So uh, while on one hand I'm, I'm rejoicing, on the other hand I'm, I'm a bit concerned that almost anything can be prophetic now. <laughs> well, we can't really understand it, and it looks a little strange, so we'll put that in the category of prophetic. Uh, the other one that I've heard is that if it's encouraging, if it's uplifting, there, then therefore that it's, that it's prophetic. And I think you've got it opposite. They're talking about the results of a genuine prophetic word, bringing encouragement and all those qualities. It's not generally the, the reverse. People can be encouraged about all kinds of things. Uh, but the word of God, when it is released, does something dynamic in the life of a person and in, in, a, in a, a church that is desiring to fulfill its purpose on the earth. 
I want to take you to a familiar scripture in Revelation 19.10. To me, not, uh, not just alone from the content of this verse, but in my own heart, to me, this, this is what prophetic ministry is. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophets or prophetic ministry tell Jesus' version of the story. They tell his vision. They speak the story from his perspective. And um, prophetic ministry isn't someone being able to guess somebody's phone number or number on a house or how much money they have in a bank account. Uh, I think that that genuinely can happen sometimes, but it's all that is is just to grab someone's attention that God's speaking. And after that, then, then you've got to be able to be oriented in the purpose of God if you're going to be successful. So God will use sign wonder to get someone's attention, but then he wants to tell you something. It's like uh, John, when he hears the voice behind him, he hears the voice, it gets his attention, but then he's got to turn around. And he's got to face where that voice is coming from. So just sign wonder miracle as necessary as that is, isn't all that we need from prophetic ministry to be equipped for the job that God's given us. We, we need God to grab our attention, and then we need God to give us instruction in, into what we are to fulfill as part of his worldwide plan. And I think pro- prophetic ministry both grabs our attention, but it, then it orients us in the purpose of God, and it helps us to understand The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The other thing I want to encourage you on is a verse from 2 Peter 1.21 where it's talking about some Old Testament prophets and it says, no prophecy of scripture ever came by the will of man. Prophetic word is not excited theology. <laughs> as exciting as good theology and good doctrine can be, It's not someone repeating good theology in an excited manner. It is the ignition of the Spirit on truth. Either truth you've heard in His presence or truth that's already resident in you that all of a sudden the Holy Spirit ignites. And what I'm longing for in my own life and what I'm longing for in the church is that when prophetic word comes... It's like thunder and it's like lightning. There's power that comes with it. That there's no question that God has just spoken. Or that we're in the presence of a God who is speaking. And uh, for, for me, I'm just pressing myself more and more into the presence of God. And saying, God, move me by your spirit when I speak. Men were moved by the Spirit and spoke. (laughs) Have you ever been in the middle of delivering a prophetic word and you thought, I should probably write down what I just said because that was not what I expected to come out of my mouth. (laughs) And God pulls something out of you that you didn't know was in you. And you want to switch on your brain because you think the brain is the measure for all truth to make sure that you 
are dotting your I's and crossing your T's theologically. I want to be theological, but I want to be moved by the Holy Spirit. And I don't think those two are in, uh, I don't think those two are against each other. I think they line up perfectly, actually. The Word and Spirit working together to produce Christ. But can I encourage you, those of you who do prophesy, can you, can I encourage you just to press into God in a fresh way? Sometimes we who are prophetic, we, we can get a word of, from God seemingly quite quickly. But it, sometimes it doesn't come with the power dynamic that God wants it to have when you deliver it. And some of that is going to be found for you in the secret place. Just alone with God. I want when the word of God comes for the whole place, a person who has been a Christian for 30 years and a person who's been a Christian for 20 minutes and maybe even some people who are with us who aren't believers to know God just spoke. I want it to be like when Jesus was baptized and heaven opened and the Father spoke and it sounded like thunder and they said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And it wasn't just a small word. It was a, it was a word that had such power to it that everybody present knew and heard what was going on. I believe that's the type of voice that God is uh, developing in the church for our day. There's lots of messages in our world. Lots of people who are slicker at presenting their ideas maybe even than we are. But we speak from a perspective that the world doesn't have. We speak from a place that the world doesn't have access to. And when we are speaking the word of God, God, let it be your word. And let it come with power. Let it come with authority. Let it come with anointing. Let it come with conviction. Let it come in all of its fullness. Because we have places to go and things to do, and we just don't want people's best guesses. We want the word of God as to where God wants us to go. And I believe we can have it. I believe we can have it. <clears throat> Let's talk a little bit for a couple of moments about John the Baptist. Old Testament prophets said there was a time when Jesus is coming. John the Baptist was the greatest of all Old Testament prophets simply for this reason, I believe. He was the one who said, here he is. He didn't have more miracles. He didn't have better sermons. He didn't write longer books, it, he was the guy who got to say, here he is. Everything the Old Testament had been pointing to, this man, this moment, here is Jesus. And we remember from Revelation that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy points to Christ. It wants to exalt him. It's the only job the Holy Spirit has is to... <clears throat> Reveal for us who Jesus is, and then secondly, who we are in him. One of the other reasons why John the Baptist was so powerful in his ministry is his proximity to Christ. He was able to say, here he is, lay his hands on the Christ and baptize him, according to the scriptures, which would have been an amazing experience a man baptizing God himself in the flesh. And I want to encourage you who prophesy and move in prophetic gift that it's your proximity to Christ when you're speaking that brings power. 
It's our proximity to Christ that gives prophetic ministry its potency. I'm standing in his presence and I can hear him say, and then you speak. I'm standing in the presence of Almighty God and I can hear the stirrings of his heart for you and this is what he's saying. The closer, I know we're all in Christ, I know that, but there are places where the Holy Spirit can bring a realization of the theological correct statement. Do you understand? We're not just theologically, but practically. Right now, I am standing in the very presence of Almighty God as I've ascended the throne in worship. I'm standing before the throne room and I'm hearing Him speak. The closer you can get to Him, will increase the anointing and potency of your ministry when you go and speak. Don't speak from afar off. Don't grab the mic when you can see a shadow of who Jesus is. Grab the mic when you're so close you can see the contours of his face. You can see the blazing of his eyes. You can feel his heartbeat. That's when I want to grab the mic and begin to prophesy. Because where I am standing, through prophetic word, I have the ability to bring people into the same experience I'm having. Proximity to Jesus. Making sure that when we prophesy, we're standing in the very presence of God ourselves. I don't want to make that too subjective, but I think there's something in there for us. The Father, I don't want to prophesy from a far place. (laughs) I don't want to prophesy from memory. Because you can't really. Prophecy is a, is a gift and operation of the Spirit. It's the igniting of the Spirit. God's Word. So proximity to Jesus will help us increase in prophetic anointing. Seek Him. It's where we're wanting to lead everyone anyway. Right? If it's real, uh, that's where we want people to end up is in the throne room of God where they see Him for who He really is. Prophetic ministry is there to reveal Jesus and his purpose. And here's the interesting thing that as Jesus is revealed, we get to see ourselves. Do you know you don't really know who you are until you know who Jesus is? I want to take you to a scripture in uh, Colossians that I found really, really encouraging. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. For you have died, and your life is hidden with the Messiah in God. Now, verse 4. When the Messiah is who is your life is revealed, then what? Then you will be revealed with him. In glory. And I know that's talking about the ultimate end time. I understand that. But there's something immediate there for us. Every revelation of Christ that comes to you, there's something about you in the midst of that revelation. 
when he's revealed, we get revealed because we're in him. Do you understand? And then if we were to take a look at Matthew 16, verses 15 and 16 and through there, you would see the discourse between uh, Peter and Jesus where Jesus asked the question of, of the brothers. He says, who do people say that I am? And they say, well, some think, you know, you're a teacher. Other think, others think they had lots of various opinions about who Jesus was. And then Peter pipes up and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus' response was, blessed are you, Simon Because flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father in heaven, which tells us that no one can really know who Jesus is outside of revelation. You need revelation. Jesus was such, so naturally a man, it took a revelation from heaven to turn the lights on of who he actually was. Isn't that amazing? And then right after that revelation that Peter has, Jesus says, and I say, you are Peter. See, When we're having revelation of who Jesus is, something should go off on the inside of us that says, hey, I'm in him. There's no revelation of Jesus that will not have some kind of an impact on your life. He's savior. He's healer. That has something to do with my life. He's redeemer. He is my righteousness. That has something to do with my life. He's a restorer. He will forgive. He understands. He is my peace. All that has something to do with me and how my life is lived. I've thought about this, about the peace of God, just as an example. Can you imagine not just the peace that Jesus had on the earth as he walked, but the peace that Jesus currently has sitting at God's right hand? Can you imagine that there's anything that is worrisome in the mind of Christ as he sits at God's right hand. You know, he's worried about the heavenly bank account, perhaps the earthly economy, what's happening in the U.S. election. You know, big things like that. Will Trump get in? We don't know. Is it going to, what's, what's happening? Is he worried about the football? Is he, is he concerned? Is, is he pooling all of his mental resources to try and grind out solutions to problems. No. He is sitting there enthroned as the God most high, watching the Father humble all of his enemies as a footstool underneath his feet. He does not have a worry. He does not have a second thought even. He is sitting there in ultimate victory as he sits there at his Father's right hand. Do you know we're in him? When you see him as he is, you're in him. That says something about the degree and quality of peace you should enjoy in your life. See, we're not just earthbound. We're in Christ. And all of a sudden, my understanding of the peace of God went to something that I tried to maintain, to something that is bubbling on the inside of me now. I've got peace like a river. I've got the peace of Christ. Jesus said, this gift I give to you, not just peace, but my peace I give unto you. We've got the peace of the reigning Lord Jesus Christ. That is thick peace, man. That's heavy peace. And you have access to it. As he is revealed, something happens to your life. 
you may not even be able to perceive it. You may not even be able to put your fingers on it. But I'm telling you, as you grow in your relationship with Jesus, something is changing about you at the exact same time. I remember uh, the first time that we had the pleasure of having Roger Aubrey, and I think it was the first time we had, might have been one, one of the first times that we had Carrie with us in Canada. And they taught us on the kingdom of God, which was a radical message for me to hear at the age that I was. It's unfortunate that at that time that I was in a kingdom that I didn't know that I was a part of. I was born again, but I didn't know I was actually in the kingdom of God. I knew I was saved, but I thought the kingdom was coming sometime later. But as they unfolded the scriptures for us, I began to understand, oh my goodness, the kingdom of God, we're we're tasting of it now. It's actually the kingdom that saved me. It pulled me out of the kingdom of darkness, and God has brought me through his son into the kingdom of light. The kingdom is not just future, it is there, but it's also right now. And I get to experience the rule and reign of Jesus. And as as Roger was speaking, I sat there for the first session. Flies could have come in my mouth and gone back out. I was sitting there, my mouth wide open. I was just being blown away by what I was hearing. But this was the interesting thing, is that even though it was the I know it was the first time I was hearing it, it wasn't new to my spirit. And I said, you're telling me things that I think I've actually always believed, but I was never able to articulate it. And now you've brought it to me, and I'm understanding I'm in this kingdom with him. Roger, thank you. Thank you for explaining to me me things that God in seed form had already put on the inside of you. I want to tell you there's a lot in you that's still in seed form. We haven't reached the fullness of Christ. David read it to us earlier out of Ephesians. The measure is not your neighbor. The measure is not the preacher on TV. The measure is the fullness of the stature of a man, Christ Jesus, which we must do corporately. There is individual growth for sure, but he's talking about the corporate man. The fullness of the stature of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he's revealed, something is going to happen to you. You can't see him and be the same. You're going to change. Something is going to be built into your spirit. Something is going to change about your life if you can just see him more in his fullness. And that's why I love to worship. I love being in his throne room. I love being before him in worship. I love to praise him. I love the fact that he said, if we would draw close, he would draw close to us. It's not the reverse. We don't have to wait for him to draw close. The invitation is for us to draw close first. And then he said, he will in kind respond. How close can you get? How close do you want to be? I want to be close. Moses went into the presence of God and was forever changed. He never came back the same. And it's like that for you and I, even in increasing measure, because the old covenant is a covenant of fading glory. Our covenant is a covenant of ever-increasing glory. 
Moses' face shone so much from old covenant glory, they, they didn't want him to speak. They, could you please wear a veil when you talk to us? But we with unveiled faces are able to behold the only Son of God. And as we do, there's an exchange happening. Every glimpse you get of him, something is changing about you. Whether you like it or not, something is changing. You can't see the Son of God and remain the same. And when we are able to bring word from heaven's throne to people who need to hear the word of God, it just forever changes situations. Uh, when, when I go into places, I don't, I love people, but if I'm going to minister prophetically, I'd rather not know the details of anybody's life. Because I want you to know that God knows. I haven't found out through back channel. I haven't sat down with the elders and discussed all the problems and all the difficulties and all the successes that are in the church. Because I don't want that to clutter the word of God coming from me. There'll be times when we will need to prophesy and minister to people, but I'm too close emotionally to the situation. And so I'll give the mic to someone else. We have many people who can bring the word of God in our church in Ottawa. And I think that's responsible. Listen, you can be emotional with people, and that's good. You can generally encourage someone, and that's excellent. No one died from too much encouragement. Lots of people stopped because they didn't have enough encouragement. And of course, the word of God will encourage us, but there's something different when word comes from heaven for a person. It just brings a confidence to a person's life that everything is going to be all right. God knows exactly where I am in this moment. He knows all the areas of my life. I know that theologically, but in the, in the midst of battle, sometimes it's hard to remember. And you need God to break through. And you need a word from heaven to reorient you and strengthen you and give you a backbone to continue to walk the way God wants you to walk. I want to give you an example of a time for me in recent history <clears throat> when I needed a word from God. I, I was tired uh, frustrated, full of complaining. I would say to the Lord in, the, in this time of my life, I'd say, Father, I've given out the word so many times to other people, but I'm the one in need now. Who's going to bring the word of God to my life? Who's going to speak God's word to me? I was desperate. For me, I can be a bit of an internal processor, which is not always great. And there can be a huge conversation going on in here and up here, but very little conversation going to the one who actually has the answer for my situation. But I'm getting better, and I'm being discipled. So I blurted out as I crossed my bedroom floor, God, I'm at the end of my strength, and I need you. If I'm going to continue here, I need you to break through. I need you to give me the word of God that's going to orient me in your purpose right now. The word that's going to reassure me that I'm going to make it. Not only make it, I'm going to excel. And I said, there's a certain man who's coming to our city this week that we, are going to, we have the opportunity to be with. And I said, Father, I need that man. Not 
I need that man to bring me the word of God. It's very specific. So it was about a day later when we were going to have that meeting. I walk in. You know, big Christian smile on my face. Everything's okay. Even though inside not everything was okay. And I walk, walked up to this man. That man's Carrie, by the way. And I shook his hand. And he said, how are you doing? I said, great. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, oh. I said, what? He said, well, I was with the Lord today. He spoke to me about you this morning. I looked for something to hold on to. He repeated to me, word for word, what I had said to the Lord in my bedroom. See, sometimes it's not just the word. You need to know God knows. You need to know He knows. That somehow through everything you're in the middle of, He hasn't become disengaged with your situation. He is a good Father. He is not disengaged from your situation. He's interested. He's totally in. He's totally committed to the situation that you are in the midst of. You are not by yourself. But there are times when we can feel that way. And that word took all the fear out of my life, took all the confusion away, and not only that, but gave me a fresh determination to continue in what God had asked me to do. The word of God will do that for a person. And there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. That word becomes a sword in your hand. I think that when Paul was telling us in Ephesians to put on the full armor of God and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I don't believe that word for word is written. It's spoken. It's the said word. It's the said word that can become a sword in your hand. Tonight, some of you need a said word. All of this word is the word of God, and I'm glad it keeps saying what it says yesterday, today, and forever. I'm glad we have a written word. And from the written word, we have an opportunity to be able to develop hearing the voice of the Spirit also who will bring us the word of God. But sometimes a person, nothing else will do. They need a word from heaven that they know is, is, is for them and for their current context. There's nothing like it. And for me in ministry, there's nothing more satisfying than being able to minister to someone and from them to come away, not saying Todd gave me a word, but God intervened. He spoke through a man. He spoke through a woman. He, he said to me, not just I read but he said to me, and when he did, everything began to change. That's the power of prophetic ministry that it has. It will encourage the saints. 
It'll bring about a strength in your life that is dynamic and that has the potential in a moment to change everything that you're in the midst of. That is the potency of the power of the Word of God when it is spoken through His church. We have a voice to, to the cities that we represent from the church, not just individually to people, but also to the cities that we're in, to the countries that we're in, a testimony of Jesus that needs to rise up among us, not one that's full of legalism, but one that's full of life. That, do you know that's awesome about the Word of God is that He can be in the middle of a rebuke and it sounds like an invitation. I don't know... <clears throat> I don't know whether I got kissed or kicked from that word. <laughs> but I feel full of life. The word of, that's because the word of God is dynamic. You can't grasp everything that's happening to you when the word of God is coming to you. That's why I thirst for the genuine article. God let me, when I'm in front of people, let me not just be armed with good theories, good strategies, Arm me with the word of God. Let them hear from heaven when I speak. Let them not even see me, but let them see you. Give me an ability to reveal you, because I know if they can see you, then they're going to get oriented in their current circumstance. There's going to be in the midst of you being revealed a revelation about them that's going to change their life. And we get the pleasure of being able to do that through the person of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. What a, what a participation we get to have in the purpose of God. Thanks for listening today. For more information about Living Rock Church and for more great teaching, visit www.livingrockchurch.org.uk.